Hello and welcome back to SEMA's podcast, y'all ready for this, where we talk about all things emergency management and emergency preparedness to help you and your family get ready for any type of natural or man-made disaster right here in Chatham County. This week, we are so excited to have two fabulous guest subject matter experts and kind of co-hosts here, and we're going to be talking about something called the Sea Level Sensor Project. Uh, this is an amazing project. I'm so excited to be able to bring this to you all today. It actually started, and I'll let the experts explain the in-depth piece, but it actually started with SEMA, Georgia Tech, and the city of Savannah trying to understand a little bit more about flooding that's going on in our community. So with me today, I have the assistant director of SEMA, Randall Matthews, and I have Russell Clark, who is with Georgia Tech. So welcome, you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes. Awesome. All right. So Russ, let's go ahead and get started with you and give us a general overview of this project, how it started and kind of what the main purpose of it is. Yeah, it's a fun project, quite frankly, that uh, has been uh, a great focus for our work for the last uh, going on three years now. Uh, and the, the whole idea is to uh, understand more, have more information about what's going on with flooding in our community uh, at a hyper-local level, as, as close to where people live and as close to uh, the, the specific communities as we can get. And it was really inspired by or motivated by uh, the hurricanes of the last five years, really, but especially uh, our experience with Matthew and Irma and how the flooding, local flooding, was so dramatically different from those two events, one being more of a rain event, one being more of a wind event, and how uh, the visibility we had from the limited water level gauges at Fort Pulaski, while they've been fantastic as a long-term evaluation of, of uh, water level monitoring on the Georgia coast for uh, close to 100 years now, uh, it's that's just one point of reference and we didn't know what was going on in the Vernon River and in the uh, marshes near uh, Skidaway and uh, near Tybee and farther south, especially as we get to the Ogeechee and, and what have you and farther upriver, just dramatically different view uh, realities of what's going on in the ground uh, with flooding. And so the project is really about giving us a better understanding real data about what's going on during these different storm events, during these different flood events, both for long-term study analysis as well as real-time, so we can see what's going on live during the storm. All right, that's awesome. So we're collecting all of this data. How are you actually collecting this data and where does that data go? So it starts with the sensors that are installed on a bridge or a dock or wherever we can get uh, easy access. The whole point is a very low cost installation so that uh, there's not a lot of overhead. And again, we wanna, we wanna deploy tens, dozens of these, you know, a hundred eventually along the coast. And uh, so it, it's about a, a low cost sensor that is uh, giving us data constantly in real time. From there, uh, it connects through uh, a, a collection of uh, new uh, Internet of Things technology gateways that we've deployed uh, around Chatham County to give us that real-time connection to the, to the sensors. And so we've got about a dozen of those gateways deployed on 
uh, different infrastructure, lift stations and uh, city and, and county buildings around uh, the county. But, uh, and, and that ultimately links the data, sends the data up to the internet where it uh, can be collected on servers that we host at Georgia Tech, others that are hosted in the cloud uh, through services like Amazon uh, so that we have some redundancy uh, and then ultimately that data is available through uh, a set of APIs, application programmer interfaces that make it available to the community, but also to uh, you uh, as emergency responders, uh, emergency managers, uh, to uh, people that wanna understand what's going on in real time, but also researchers that wanna be able to uh, look at it and you know grab a, a six months scenario or let's see what happened during the weekend of uh, as Hurricane Matthew passed or something like that. Wow, so it seems like it might have a lot of different uses. So I know research is, is one component. Randall, some of our listeners may be wondering why in the world is, is SEMA involved in this? What could emergency management use this data for and, and why are we engaged in a project like this? Yeah, as Russ said previously, you know, our experiences between Hurricane Matthew and Hurricane Irma were pretty different. You know, there is flooding, uh, it, major flooding in one place, but maybe uh, not another place from one storm to another. So we're really trying to understand how the community is being impacted by these events. So this allows us to get more precise information at the small community level to see how people are being impacted from flood events. We're also looking at critical infrastructure that supports these communities, whether it's a well for water or a police station, a fire station, a communication systems. We need to understand how these different systems are being impacted. Also, when we look at communities potentially being isolated, this always used to be a major issue with Tybee Island, for example, when Highway 80 would have floodwaters come up and rise over it, which would isolate Tybee Island for a period of several hours, um, a couple times a year. So having this information at the smaller level really helps us get a better picture of what's happening so we can have better responses in the future. Wow, how eloquently put there. Uh, I love that it's gonna be used for immediate action. You know, we're gonna see live and true data that we may not have been able to see before. So that is really exciting. And I love that technology is getting to the point in 2021 that we can do some of these things. That's really exciting. I'm starting to geek out with you guys. I get how we could talk about this forever. Um, I love it. All right, Russ, so Georgia Tech. I mean, you guys are known for always finding innovative ways, different opportunities, engaging your students. How are students playing a role in a project like this? And you know, what kind of things are they able to help with? Certainly, uh, the, the, without the students, uh, this, this project doesn't exist for many reasons. And uh, it starts with uh, the students I've uh, been teaching and working with uh, for many years in the mobile applications and uh, Internet of Things sensor space that, that sort of led to the ideas and led to some of the early applications and, and concepts around uh, how we how we might do this and how we might deploy this at some at scale uh, and make that work. So that that's you know many years. While this this project itself may only be about three years old, uh, the 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 work on the technology to get there many years before that. Again, with students, of course. 
Uh, and uh, that's uh, today, that's a, a very wide range of different types of students, different majors, different departments at Georgia Tech, for instance. Uh, I uh, work in computer science and networking, but we also have civil engineers uh, working, for instance, on the infrastructure modeling work that Randall uh, mentioned earlier. We have earth and atmospheric science students working on the forecasting models uh, with uh, some of our other colleagues uh, in, at, at Georgia Tech who are uh, experts in that space, right? And so what's fun is we're bringing uh, a whole bunch of different expertise to this project in, uh, in addition to uh, myself and, and the team that I work closely with. But uh, the other thing that's been really exciting for us from the student perspective here in Chatham County has been working with the local schools, uh, the local high schools, for instance, uh, at Jenkins High School. Uh, one of the teachers there engaged with us very early on with the project, Mr. Tom Mady, and uh, brought uh, the, his students into the project. And, and through the last couple of years, they've actually been assembling the sensors that were installed on the bridges here in the county. And so, um, you know, if you if you drive over a you know a bridge on on uh, Highway 80 or 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 any number of other you know local bridges around town or a dock there uh, where you see one of these sensors installed, it it most likely was assembled by a high school student here uh, in in Savannah, and you know in several cases they you know they're proud of this work. They signed their names to the you know the inside of the box because you know they're. They're uh, excited to be part of this project as we are excited for them to be with us. So um, very rewarding part of the project has been the student engagement. Wow, I mean, that's really incredible to be able, could you imagine being a high school student driving over a bridge with their friends or with their family saying, I contributed to this. I am able to Absolutely. help make a more resilient community because of work that I did. Like that's, I didn't have that opportunity in high school. That's amazing. Yeah, nor did I, but we're, we're excited to provide it. And this summer we're, we're uh, gonna be continuing that. Of course, some of this hands-on work was disrupted a bit over the last year as, as school delivery changed, but this summer we'll be continuing that work. We're gonna have interns. We're gonna have summer camps here in, in Chatham County. And uh, of course, uh, when, when the schools uh, kick off again in the fall, uh, we'll be continuing to work with with those students on whatever the next generation of sensors might be and and that's the fun part is is this is evolving this is sort of cutting edge technology uh we're figuring out we're learning a lot uh as we go and um i you know we certainly expect that we'll still be uh upgrading and installing sensors for years to come but that those will be much improved based on the work that the students have done Oh, that's great. So we've been working a lot to improve access to flood information throughout the county. Uh, we have currently about 50 sensors right now just in Chatham County. So what's the next steps moving forward? How do we expand? Where are we going next? The community has told us, uh, we've, we've, we've asked the community where the, where the concerns are uh, primarily and, and, and working you know, very much hand in hand to, to decide where to go next. And uh, we, we do have some, some specific infrastructure uh, along, for instance, the Vernon River corridor where 
Uh, we don't have quite enough monitoring yet. We'll be adding that this summer. Uh, but the other big request and big need uh, has been looking west, uh, looking inland, if you will, uh, at, at uh, some of the uh, more drainage, uh, rain-focused infrastructure, maybe not as prone to tidal flooding, but as we've seen uh, here recently, uh, especially on the Ogeechee and uh, Western Chatham, uh, very prone to flooding due to uh, heavy rainfall. So having better data, better understanding about what's going on in that part of the county uh, is important and will be part of, of our focus, is part of our focus this year, uh, as well as, as looking to uh, the rest of the Georgia coast and partnerships that, that we're working on uh, with other locations such as uh, uh, with the city of St. Mary's and Camden County uh, to look at, at doing some monitoring there. Uh, as we've learned over the last several years, uh, in many cases, those, those storm surges that come up the Atlantic uh, as those storms approach, uh, the, the impact is felt to the south of us well before it is, is felt here. Uh, we'd like to, to get that information real time as well so we can see what's coming. Uh, and so it will benefit us here in Chatham to have that, that infrastructure more widely deployed. Seems like there is a lot of exciting stuff that's kind of coming down the pipeline. I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. And I will say, Russ, you, you said something that I loved, and that is this explanation that tidal flooding and inland flooding are very different. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand the difference between them. They think flooding is flooding. Not quite. Um, and tidal flooding is very different and that it's typically associated with a storm and you know, inland flooding, you can see like flash flood warnings and things coming down from the sky. Uh, very fascinating stuff. If that interests you listeners, stay tuned because you guys were getting ready to get into hurricane season edition and we will be talking about it. Uh, very exciting stuff, at least to me and I know to this group. Um, Russ, to get ready to wrap up, if our listeners are super pumped like we are about this, this project and they want to know more, and or they want to help, uh, what's something that they might be able to do to be able to get engaged? Well, first you can go to our website at sealevelsensors.org and uh, re see more about the project, um, uh, sign up for a mailing list, check out the dashboard where we have, you can look at the real-time data uh, for uh, around the community. Uh, it has a map where you can find some of the sensors uh, but the other thing is, is uh, help us uh, to, to see, uh, you know, be, be our local eyes and ears on the ground to understand what's going on with flooding. Help us to document that. We're going to be working on uh, a campaign this, this summer to try to get more of that through, through you know, taking pictures, documenting these kinds of uh, flooding events in your local neighborhood and sharing that so that we can understand and, and really calibrate what the sensors are seeing to what people are seeing on the ground. And also help us uh, to identify those locations. If you, if you look at the map and you say, hey, uh, why isn't there a sensor on this street that floods all the time or on this creek uh, that floods all the time? Tell us about it. Let us, uh, and, and, and if, if you have a dock and uh, would like to volunteer to host some infrastructure, we'd love to talk to you about that too. Very cool. So lots of different opportunities 
uh, for you to get engaged, get involved and learn a little bit more. I mean, who knows, maybe even your high school student will be helping to develop these in the future. So lots of different opportunities. Thank you guys so much for joining me today to talk about this amazing project and the great work that you're doing within our community. Listeners, please be sure to tune in next week as we start kind of a brand new adventure and what we're calling the hurricane season edition. It was a little sneak peek that we talked about earlier with the differences in flooding. Lots more coming at you with hurricane season, how you can prepare and things that you need to know. We'll see you next week and we'll see you on y'all ready for this. Bye guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.